0: This episode is sponsored by World Anvil. World Anvil is an award-winning world-building and writing software for people who love to create rich and exciting worlds. Dungeon Crawlers. We would be honored if you would join us. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers, where we have traveled from lands far, far away. And yes, that is the stupid daikini you stole the baby from, While we were... <laughs> Yes, we will be talking about Disney Plus's Willow. So, some of us have thoughts, ideas, and we will be talking about those. But before we jump into that, because, well, if you listen to the last episode, some people were missing. Other people randomly popped out of a box that was floating <laughs> in the ocean and ended up on the beach. And there was pounding going along, much like the Jumanji game. So, as always... <laughs> Daniel is here, and we have...
1: I am Krebs, the faithful, almost omnipresent secondary host, and I bring with me this time my actual real-life
2: brother... The other Krebs, Matai, sitting here. Although, wait, except when you're in Jamaica, right, Krebs? Yeah, that's why I said almost the, omnipresent. Almost always faithful. <laughs> that's almost right. always. Almost so, always. And so, uh, yes, Matai is back. Uh, ask no questions about this mysterious chest in the background. It will be shipped off to Zanzibar or other parts unknown uh, soon. And no, I haven't seen Alton lately.
1: I was about to say in unrelated news, we miss you, Alton.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is, is Mad-Eye Moody in there as well?
1: Not the real Mad Eye Moody. Oh, I guess it no. is the real Mad Eye Moody. Excuse yeah.
0: me. <laughs> anyway. No, but the uh real Doctor Who is.
2: <laughs>
0: Always bigger on the inside. So, with that said, folks, um, we wanna put a heavy disclaimer right now. That you know, this episode may be full of spoilers if you have not seen Disney Plus's Willow. Um we're going to be very candid about our thoughts and our opinions. If those do not coincide with your own, that's okay. Just know these are our thoughts and our opinions, and it's okay that you have different thoughts and opinions, because as if you've been listening to the show for some time, or if you've never listened to the show, for that matter, go back and listen to the Andor episode. You know <laughs> that we can have differing opinions and still like each other, because, well, let's face it, Krebs is still on the show. Uh, even if you <laughs> like Andor. And I did not, but that's okay. That is that okay. Is okay.
2: Yeah. After this episode, it is possible that there may be some listeners that just won't talk to us anymore. Of course, oh. they're listeners, not speakers. But speaking of which, oh yes, the other day, uh-huh. my wife—I accidentally gave my wife a glue stick instead of the chapstick that she asked for. Oh dear heavens! She's still not talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> but you what? know what else happened? As I sent my hearing aids in to uh, get repaired. But you never heard from them again? Weeks, I never heard from them again. <laughs> and because we are coming up on Valentine's Day here, mm-hmm. uh, my wife complained to me the other day that I never buy her flowers. I didn't even know that she sold flowers. <laughs>
1: oh, Matthew. You... Two
2: out of three ain't bad. Two out of three ain't bad.
1: <laughs> Way to meatloaf that collection of jokes. Thank you. Wow. Well. This is what I'm here for. Well, (laughs) with that in mind, allow us to dive heavily into this topic, because I know that we've touched on it uh, briefly on a couple of episodes. We've hinted at it. This is a topic that I personally have been dying to talk about, but given... Uh, rather historic moments in the nerd kingdom, it was requisite that we hold off. I will tell you right now uh, that we are going to talk about this freely, as Daniel pointed out, not just our strong opinions, but also heavy disclaimer that there will be spoilers. With that said, guys, I have so many questions to go along with my rather concrete opinions about this show. But first, let us set the stage. Daniel and Matthew... Did you see the original Willow film? Of course. In, in fact, I rewatched it in preparation for the series. <laughs> oh, 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 when was the first time you saw the film?
0: With you. Yeah. <laughs> not, but when? But when? I remember it. But I when? saw it in the theaters. I, I remember yeah. in the theater and just marveling at this film because uh, it was different. It was unique. You know, most fantasy films at that point, the main character was a tall human. And this time, it was a halfling that sort of had magical powers, but really didn't. But he was coming into those things, and there was just this crazy, insane, bad lady that looked like a nun that really confused me. (laughs) because, (laughs) Because she was trying to kill this little... Innocent girl that was born in the beginning of the movie, and just all this crazy chaos. Because I mean, the only and, other movie that came close to this was Time Bandits, yeah. As far and, as... and
2: the old lady who looked really scary was actually the good person,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. you know, well, then yeah, you had, well, okay, yeah, you had this weird lady that kept, sh- kept shape shifting into different animals and insulting, Willow. which was groundbreaking, yeah. Um, you know, and Man, I was really like, I was hooked. Like, man, she's gonna come out as this really stunning, attractive woman. (laughs) You and Mad Uh, Mardigan both. He turned out to be my grandma, like my grandma. Um, uh, but and then had Val Kilmer. I mean, how can you go wrong with Val Kilmer? 1980s Val Kilmer, yes, yes, prime Val Kilmer. Val
1: Kilmer, of course, he wasn't bad in the 90s either.
0: Yeah, Uh, uh, yeah.
2: Can we just say Sorsha
1: was hot. Sorsha, well, I so I much know. so that Val Kilmer uh married that actress after they did the film together.
2: I did uh, not know
1: this. They had you children together. They they eventually did get a divorce, but even now with Val Kilmer's current health situation, they still co-parent and they're still friends and they still travel together when there's like big events and stuff like that. Like they still get along swimmingly. Um but you can tell that they
2: were a once married couple. <laughs> You know, yeah. I, re- I agree with Daniel. I, the movie was just, uh, incredible to watch. Um, and Warwick Davis, I, I think he was still a teenager at the time that this was filmed, but he was portraying a character yeah. that was much older.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to get the exact age, but I, I remember him talking about that in the commentary for Willow, the film where he was like somewhere between 16 and 18.
2: Yeah. And, I thought it was about 17.
1: And And the woman who played his wife was an adult person. Um, you know, like twice his age, uh, but they, but they
2: made a brilliant on-screen couple. One of the things I loved about the original movie, uh, and and how can you go wrong when you've got Ron Howard and George Lucas when it was still early Lucas, uh, together, uh, in this, uh, it was just a wonderful fantasy, and this was a fantasy that wasn't like the high fantasy Lord of the Rings kind of a thing. Um. This felt like it was aimed more at a kid's audience but adults could enjoy and and you that's debatable because there are some scary monsters and some scary moments in there that little kids might not uh, yeah. might not be appropriate for but but by and large this seemed to be a family-friendly fantasy yeah. and i want to make that point because i'm going to contrast that with the series <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah
0: so i did uh, look it up will uh, so warwick davis was 17 years old when he filmed nice this. i was right you nailed
1: it. You nailed it. All right. So it sounds like all three of us. I mean, we watched the movie when we were kids. We've all since watched the movie as adults. Uh, for me personally, and, and just just a yay or nay on this one. Uh, do you do you think that that film holds up today, all
0: variables considered? I think so. I mean, I I've shown the the film to my kids and they enjoyed it. Heck yeah, they were cheering and excited for it. Now, and I can compare this because I also showed my kids never-ending story <laughs> <laughs> that does not hold up well well um, you know a german
1: storytelling versus ron howard's st- storytelling well, very different that.
0: but i mean not only that is i'm just talking about special effects the acting you know uh man uh, going back and watching never-ending story and seeing the rock monster mm. uh, you know and then the guy the guys on this, this giant snail i'm just like the racing snail yeah
2: i'm like. The B-52s wow. sang a song about that, didn't they? The rock monster? Or uh, uh, <laughs>
1: rock yes. monster? Come on!
0: But,
2: By the way, that snail was a Rascabel snail.
0: But yeah, anyway, go on. But watching that, it's like, this doesn't really hold. I mean, like, they lost their interest. It just didn't fit. But you can still yeah, go yeah. back and watch the original Willow film. Yes, and some of the you know special effects aren't as amazing as they are today. But it still holds just as true as if you were to watch, you know you you know a new hope a new yeah. hope yeah. looks great no matter when you see it and i think that is the brilliance of george lucas in his in his work and especially the early stuff yeah you know, getting to the prequels and stuff like that where he starts getting like i want to be over the top like james cameron uh i think that's where we lose George Lucas. The,
1: the, the sweet spot of his career between about, well, I will in, uh, I'll include Empire Strikes Back. I, I know that he you know, wrote, produced, but didn't direct, but yeah. basically from 1980 to 1995 uh, was a brilliant period of time for him. And then With we can debate exception. this. Go ahead. With one exception, and yes. that is Howard the Duck.
0: Uh, I still, I loved Howard the Duck as a kid, Howard, that's another episode. That's another episode. Howard the Duck was good with one exception that he put in there, which I have to question. Yeah. And that is the female duck in the bathtub. Why? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Ducks yeah. don't have breasts in that fashion. Not so, like that.
1: Yeah. Uh, Matthew, uh, so, so does Willow the movie hold up today?
2: I think mostly yes. The special effects are somewhat dated. The matting, uh, compositing, uh, isn't quite great. And this, and every time you do stop motion stuff, it was really popular in the eighties and earlier. And today kids that are grown up with CGI don't appreciate the artistry that goes into stop motion. Um, and, but other than that, you had the costuming was fantastic. The fight choreography was amazing. Um, you know, in fact, I the only criticism I had is looking at it as an adult, there was one thing where they were sliding down a snowy mountain like yes. on a shield or something uh-huh. and they crashed into a hut. That looked very cartoony. Whereas mm-hmm. everything else because it was so it was it was kind of over the top, but it just demonstrated how awesome Mad Mardigan was! How almost superhuman uh his abilities were. That part was no, no, no. Straight into cartoon land.
0: Your but... childhood was so boring.
2: I, <laughs> I've done that at least <laughs> three
0: times in Boy Scouts.
1: Well, we did not grow up on a snowy hill. You did.
0: Yes. So, yeah, all right. Yeah, we so had sand dunes in the ocean. I have done up. that three times in Boy Scouts. Gone down a hill and slammed into a shack and gone through the walls. So, Mad Danielgan. Yeah. All right.
1: So. Uh, So we we all have fond feelings about the film. And I think that that's an important factor in what we're about to say next. Yes. Uh, I will also say that while Daniel and I have talked about this offline, so I understand where much of Daniel's opinions are. I have not once talked to Matthew about this because Matthew had to watch the episodes. And so I don't know Matt's opinion. I think Matthew knows a little bit of my opinion, but uh, I don't know Matthew's. So let's talk about... Uh, When you first heard, when you first heard that Willow the series, the sequel series, was coming out, before you saw the trailer, before you saw the series, when you first heard it was happening, what
2: were your initial thoughts or, or what was your initial stance? Well, me, I was like, we're going through this period of nostalgia. Everybody's bringing back the old stuff because... Of people like us. We're the target audience. We we were kids back then. We were enamored with this. And now we're adults with money. And yep. so they want to, you know, they're, they're trying to appeal to us. Uh, and so cu- couple that with there not being an original idea in Hollywood uh, at all anymore. Uh, and yeah, this was bound to happen. So they reboot some things that I'm just like rolling my eyes. No, no way. But Willow came up and I'm like, you know. Disney could actually pull this off. Uh, so I, I was actually pretty optimistic about it. I was kind of excited. I wanted to sh- share it with my kids. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is some of the best nostalgia. It's that I loved as a kid. I want to share it with my kids and cross my fingers. Hopefully, they will love it, too. Absolutely. Daniel?
0: I was very trepidatious. Um, and the reason for that is, well, in my opinion, Disney hasn't had a great track record. When, you know, when it comes to original, their own content they create, you know, I think th- they're great at it. But when it comes to these newer IPs, um, they've kind of struggled with it. You know, Marvel, it, Marvel is its own thing. So set that aside because Marvel is really ran by Marvel. Disney just owns it. They let that run. But, you know, looking at the Star Wars films, which is part of Lucasfilms, they've kind of bumbled it a little bit. And so I've been a little trepidatious about, okay, what is this going to look like? Not only that, knowing that uh, Val Kilmer and his medical condition, I mean, taking that character out of the equation was kind of a huge deal for me. But I was, you know, I was tentative to see how they could play that off and see, because it looked like a lot of the original cast was coming back, which was fantastic. So I was a little trepidatious on how they were going to swing this to make it as good as I remembered as a kid watching this film. Yeah.
1: Uh, when I first heard that the series was coming out, I was immediately excited and hopeful because that's kind of just who I am. Mm-hmm. I I can find joy in in many things. Uh, I, we've talked about <clears throat> we've talked about this so many times. I'm one of the few people who actually really enjoys the new like really enjoys the new Star Wars trilogy. Although I do acknowledge it has faults. Um, but I don't hate it the way that, you know, the average, you know, um, uh, social media pundit hates it, you know? Um, now that said, like, I was very optimistic about it and excited. Like I was, I was chomping at the bit for information. Then the trailer teaser behind the scenes, three minute video came out, right. Or, you know, 10 minute, five, six minute, whatever. It was very, very short, but it was a little like it was a little behind the scenes coupled with the official trailer. Did you guys see that before you saw the series?
0: Uh, I still have not seen it. I'll be honest. Okay.
1: Nope. Um, this will, this will come into play in just a moment. I did. And I'll talk about that since you guys have hadn't seen it. I'll talk about it when it's relevant, but now let's talk about you watched the first episode, the second episode, the half the series, the whole series. Let me ask you this, Matthew, how far into the series did you get episodically?
2: I got through four of the eight episodes.
0: Daniel. So, I watched two episodes. Couldn't watch any more. was like, uh, I'm done. And then we decided, hey, we're going to talk about this. And so I plowed through the remaining episodes. So you've seen all eight?
1: Yes. Okay. Um... Here it comes, folks. Here comes the spoilers of our reviews, and this may make you listen more intently or make you turn us off completely. Here it goes. I also watched all the episodes by force-feeding them to my face every week they came out, even though I had zero desire to do it after the first episode. I was supremely disappointed, annoyed, and dare I use the word offended at how they treated this IP. Now, I will say I do have some good things to say about this series, just not that many. I have tons of criticisms for this series, and I am not alone. In fact, I I would say that we... ...are not alone in criticizing this series. I have a friend... uh, He's actually been on the show before. I have a friend who works at a certain movie studio... ...that is not owned by Disney... ...if you can believe that. Um, And uh, he has posted multiple times about this series... uh, ...giving it scathing criticisms... ...that mirror my own. So... ...with that absolute spoiler... ...of where this episode is going... ...Matthew... ...you saw four of the eight episodes... What has been your impression thus far?
2: Um, I've got pros and cons. Uh, my list of pros is short.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: um, but I'm looking at this and my, I guess if I had to sum up the series, I would say this is what happens when you give a beloved IP to the WB. Yes, we got a we got a bunch of really pretty young people uh, and they're doing young people stuff in the world of of Willow and trying to pass it off as this wonderful family friendly fantasy that it used to be. And there was some language in there uh, and some modern phrases that were anachronistic. It really kind of took me out of the story. Because there was none of that in the original movie. No. And um, Willow, the movie, did this great job of putting unlikely uh, <sighs> unlikely teammates, unlikely compatriots together. You know, Mad Mardigan and the Pecky detests Willow this willow who's so physically unintimidating is in charge of protecting this little baby you've got these crazy fairies uh, you've got uh, a a sorceress way past her prime and a uh, eventually a love-struck uh, female you know warrior woman which especially back then Sorsha would have was very against type um, yes. and I loved seeing that as a foil to Mad Mardigan because she was his equal in every way. Uh, And so uh, the original story did this great job of these people shouldn't work. You can't make a team out of these. They're way too different. And that was actually a fantastic message. We can have these differences and still work together. We can leverage our strengths. The TV series, you've got a whole bunch of young people in the the first or second episode, the only military guy with any experience, and he's (laughs) actually said some pretty smart things, gets killed, ironically, from a bow shot over a hill where they couldn't actually see him, and nobody heard the horses galloping toward them. Till after he died. Yep. Uh, Stealth horses. Yeah, I'm just like, come on. That is such lazy writing. And I just... Uh I, this is too much WB. This is one tree hill, uh, you know, called one tree willow. That's what this is.
1: Yeah, CW, the W stands for willow. The C stands for crap. Um, <laughs> uh, For crappy. Uh, I, I will tell you, one of my favorite, like, uh, made up tropes, Uh, you know, in my own head canon is the stealth horse. You should, you should watch movies between the 80s and 90s or even the early 2000s where you've got like sword and sorcery or medieval setting and then all of a sudden there's just magically a horse somewhere that no one heard approach they're like oh they got ambushed on horseback and it's like stealth horses
0: and they're a thing uh actually, actually and- they, are. they are uh so the romans i think it was the romans they would actually they had. they would wrap cloth around the uh the horse the horse's hooves to sign that <laughs> so they could speak so up. Shoe horses. So um, it, it is a thing. Well, okay, I hear that.
1: Best example of stealth horse. Watch the movie First Night with Richard oh, yeah. Gere and yeah. Julia Ormond. And yeah. one of my favorite scenes yeah. is after he's Yeah. Yeah, after he saves her in the forest, uh, he like looks around once they're clear, he whistles, and his horse comes out. I kid you not from behind a tree. Yeah. They're in like this big fight and it and it and it, it, it's quite a bit of ground they cover in this fight, you know, crossbows and swords and stuff. Horse comes out from behind a tree and I pointed at it. This is back in the in the mid to late 90s and I was like stealth horse. Yeah. They they didn't they didn't I, and the thing is I want you to imagine what it must have looked like before the horse came out from behind the tree because yeah. it's just a horse standing there with its head just down yeah. staring at a tree. <laughs> anyway, anyway, neither here nor there. The point no, is no daniel, uh you watched two episodes, couldn't take it, we talked about it, and then you you absolutely powered through it yeah. um what is your impression of this series after seeing all eight episodes? Just just the overall you know bird's eye view
0: the overall bird's eye view is this is what happens when you take the hope and heart out of a out of out of an i p you know willow the movie itself i mean you saw Willow's Heart. You saw the heart of this film. You felt it. You saw the hope. You felt that. This series is like they just drained all the hope out of everyone. I mean, this this infant was the savior of the world. And you come into this series and, nope, she's gone. She's she's missing. Mad Mardigan's gone. He has two children that kind of seem like brats um which okay i can get it that you know prince and princess okay but not only that there's an agenda an underlying agenda that is not part of the story but it is the creators of the content that are force-feeding something into this series that wasn't there before and i would you know again these type of characters i don't have a problem with but it's when it's so in your face that it takes you out of the story. Yeah. The story was broken by episode two. I no longer cared about Willow, which was one of my favorite characters from the film. I no longer care. I did not care. There was nothing that made me care about any of these new characters that they introduced. It made me hate Sorcia more than Mad Morda, uh, which is saying a lot. Uh, it just left this bitter, nasty taste in my mouth. That it's like, as a writer, you know, I know where you need to go, and I get that this is probably going to be a difficult thing because you want to, you know, even though Mad Morta was gone, there was another underlying evil beyond her. Okay, cool, but don't destroy the characters that were so lovingly built before you took over
1: yeah absolutely um i agree with everything that you've said so far for me i I think i think where i get most hung up is just the absolute cheapness weakness and laziness of the writing oh yeah um i i'll i sent uh my personal review to that film buddy i mentioned earlier and i'll I, i want to read that to you just briefly but
2: not yet matthew you have a comment I think this might be a a good place to bring up that this is not the first attempt at making a sequel to Willow. Oh, Um, there was a book. I was at the bookstore and I saw this book and the, and in big letters, it said George Lucas and Chris Claremont. Oh, Chris Claremont was a writer on the X-Men comics, uh, in the eighties and into the nineties, I think. I loved those storylines. So I loved his, his, him as a, as a writer. So you got Lucas and Claremont. Well, what is this book? It was called Shadow Moon. And I read The Dust Jacket and it said this was the continuing adventures of Willow, basically. I vaguely remember that. And I was like, well, this is fantastic. It was in the bargain bin, hardcover book for $1.99, as I recall. And so $1.99, I, are you out of your mind? I know, but wait, there's more. Uh, so I went ahead and picked <laughs> it up. You could get a gallon of gas for that. For that you so could back I, then. You could get two. Uh, so I, so I, I picked it up, marched up to the cash register and bought it, took it home and read it. And I tell you, my experience reading that book is exactly the way that you describe having to watch the series. In oh. the first couple of chapters... I I really don't care about spoiling this book because it sucks that bad. Oh, Um, it in the first couple of chapters, Willow has this vision or he's carried over and he is flying over. He sees Sorsha and Mad Mardigan sparring on the castle steps and they're so in love and things are wonderful. And then the nothing takes them and they just are destroyed. Uh, And he Yes. And every person that was in the Willow movie, except for Willow himself, um, gets destroyed, (gasps) swallowed up into the void. It's all gone. And he decides to change his name uh, from Willow to Thorn Drumheller. And for the rest of the book, he's Thorn. Uh and what this tells me, and, and and looking back on this, and then the tone just completely shifted and went sideways. He's protecting another baby, but this one is a baby demon that is growing in a human body and is trying to experience what humanity is, and he's trying to make sure this demon doesn't like turn evil, even though that's her nature. And there are it's is very dark, grim dark. Yeah. It is very boring. There is so much nothing that happens in the middle of all those things, and then they and then uh, trigger alert. Um, she is uh, this demon child is is raped at one point. What uh, and I I'm just what what happened? I think is that somebody, Chris or George, had written a story about Thorn Drumheller, and they thought. Well, when no one's going to buy this unknown IP, let's say that this is Willow. We'll change his name and we only have to write two or three chapters. Yeah. uh, And we'll just shoehorn this in and all of a sudden this becomes the new Willow. Apparently, the the didn't do enough damage with Shadow Moon. And there's actually a Shadow Wars trilogy. There's a series of books. What?
0: I know, right? It it really sounds a lot like Splinter of the Mind's Eye. You know, uh, George Lucas had hired i can't remember the author's name but it, pretty much that was supposed to be the sequel to a new hope and it, huh. it was it's horrible yeah you know lucas was trying you know couldn't make a film yet but he wanted to put material out so he had these novels written and they're just atrocious it,
2: it, yeah So my 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 point in all this was that they attempted to make this, and Lucas was a part of this. I'm not sure how much Ghostwriting goes in or whatever, but his name was on it, all three books. Uh, And they did this; they made the same mistakes. I feel this series made, but perhaps they even made it worse. um, Was they crapped all over a beloved franchise they yeah. said we well, hear everything that you love we're throwing that out the window now because I have a different story that I want to tell I have no problem with you wanting to tell a different story just don't try to trick me into believing this is the yeah. story that I liked yeah win me over brand new with how brilliant your writing is or your characters this book was so boring and it was just a tro. I, I wanted to read it to the end just to see what would happen and oh, yeah. I was disappointed a lot, I way. think
0: and and I think if they would have done that with this series, that you know these are new characters set in the 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 world of Willow. I would have been okay with it. Take out Sorcia, take out Alora Dan and take out Willow. and the rest of the, the the people we saw in the movie before, I think I could have accepted this film, this series a lot better. well,
1: I you know, I, I don't but, know if I can I hear what you're saying, and I understand where it comes from. I don't know if I can agree, and here's why. The problem, uh, one of the biggest problems that I have with this series is that it takes an established, beloved film. uh, You know, as Matthew and you both pointed out, it plays on nostalgia, right? But this film establishes at least the foundations of this world, right? And the problem with this series is that it does not respect the foundations of no, this it world it it it, it basically writes the coattails of the ip much like the way matthew's describing the book where it's like we're going to use this ip to cozen you into watching this thing or mm-hmm. into reading this thing but it's really not a story about this thing that you love that it's not the continuation of this thing at all um they they kind of it's so weird they it, it's almost like they borrowed willow and they borrowed alora dannon and they borrowed tirislaine and knockmar and all that stuff And then they told a completely disjointed, (laughs) out of out of place story.
0: Um, Yeah, it's it's much like seven, eight, and nine of Star Wars. They took this beloved franchise, they gave us these stories, but they didn't care what you know. It's like, all right, well, we you know Luke Skywalker. We know you love him. We're gonna make him some hermit that lives that's ran off, and we're we're gonna build up this movie. She's gonna bring him the lightsaber, and what happens next? He looks at it, throws it away, goes off, and starts groaning and mo- moaning, and then drinks blue milk out of that weird. It was green box. milk. Green <laughs> milk. Yeah. Um, they. I, they really. They. Took a beloved IP and just screwed yeah. it over. I, I want to.
1: I want to do some laser focusing here for a second. So, um, I know that we can go on and on about things we didn't like about it. Yeah. I do want to end on a positive note. So, really quick, if you can zero in on two, maybe three things briefly that really ruined this for you, uh, Matthew. What were what were two or three things that just that the series failed to deliver on or or that you just didn't like about it or maybe it, it, what were two or three things that just were
2: bad there was a lot of uh i mentioned the lazy writing uh i mentioned how some of the adult language strong language in there was very non willowish um but i none of the characters were likable Alora Dannon was supposed to be, but even she's kind of a. She varies between being so incredible, being naively stupid, or being kind of a selfish brat as she tries to figure out who who she is. And Alora Dannon, she was this adorable baby in the in the first one, and she's supposed to be this great empress now. the The story archetype. Should be that she is a, a good person. We need to have heroes. And I think that's probably the thing that I didn't like about this was that for some reason there's this idea in modern society that heroes are no longer real. You can have anti heroes, you can have flawed heroes, but a person that actually has courage, that has virtues and stands by them is absolutely, they they think that it's unbelievable. My belief is that's what a lot of us go to fantasy for. Is that, yeah, the world sucks. It's hard to stick by your principles. We need a story that inspires us to do that. Inside of us, I think each of us wants someone who's going to say what they mean And stand by it. I mean, that's that's for me, that's why Superman is who he is. Why Captain America is who he is. We need a Boy Scout, as they call him. We need somebody who is true to their principles. And in this series, part of the the, the meta underneath all of this is they were not true to the principles laid out in the original movie. All these characters are betraying who they were explained to be.
0: Yeah, I think that's incredibly accurate. Now it's time to chat about our sponsor, World Anvil. World Anvil is an award-winning world-building and writing software for people who love to create rich and exciting worlds. With their software, you can create your world, manage your campaign, plan your novel, create a world wiki, wow your players, make novels more interactive, and make your worlds come to life. You can find them at worldanvil.com. And if you put in the discount code DCR40, you'll receive a 40% discount today.
1: Daniel, two or three things, just very quick and high
0: level, that uh weren't good in the show for you. I mean, Willow. Now let's start <laughs> off with Willow. I mean, we we end the film with Willow on his way to becoming an all-powerful sorcerer. I mean, the the high Owen, you know, he he learns the trick, and the high owen, you know. Knows, you know, the whole movie. He knows that Willow has the gift. He just needs to find it within himself. You know, Willow is the, the the reluctant hero in that film, and they portray that very well. And then we get to this series, and it's like they just threw it out. Like Willow is the final, the as far as we know, uh, the only remaining sorcerer in the, in the realm, and immediately sorcerers like you're worthless. Pretty much. What and kind
2: of a friend is that? I know. When I heard yeah. that, I'm like, Sorsha,
0: seriously? Yeah. Like, so it it just felt so off. Like, okay, so immediately, yep. Let's discount Willow, and then we discount Sorsha because of the that exact scene where she just discounts him. Uh yes. We the the characters were not likable. That was the the most difficult thing i wanted to like these characters but they weren't likable they kept arguing they there was infighting which i get that happens in groups we've seen it in other films we saw it in the avengers for crying out loud but they eventually a key moment happened they unified it made it all good i never felt like that happened in this series yeah uh i mean even throwing christian slater in it couldn't save it gosh um i mean there I really fit the thing besides what they did to Willow, what they did to Sorsha, which I get, she's being the overprotective mother. You know, that's another archetype that they're throwing in there. And Alora Dannon is playing the reluctant hero, but in such a bratty, snotty way that it just makes me not even want to care yeah, about yeah. if she's going to become the hero that we want. Because it, it reminds me a lot of watching James Gordon in the TV series Gotham, where they had him flopping all over the place. And it's just like, that's not James Gordon. James Gordon held to his, you know, to his principles. He'd not become this bounty hunter and then, you know, this and that and this. It was just all over the place. It drove me nuts. And that's yeah, how I yeah. feel with Elora Dannon. She's just all over the map. And then ultimately, the heart of the series is missing. And you can still have heart and plague it with villains and darkness that's coming. I mean, we've seen it all the time. We've seen it in Star Wars. We've seen it in the TV show series Grim. We've, uh, heck, uh, Bad Batch, Clone Wars. Um, I'm trying to think of some other series, but the, I mean, they're, well, The Flash, Green Arrow, uh, Superman, those films. And TV series, we see that despite the darkness that's encroaching upon the story, there's still heart there. Yeah. And we can rely on that. And that gives us hope. That despite no matter what hardships they go through, in the end, it's going to be okay. I mean, look, Lord of the Rings. That's the one that was trying to come to mind. There you go. (laughs) We see the Balrog. We see Gandalf fall. We see them running away. I mean, we see the, the Hobbit's. Running away, you know the other hobbits get pulled away. As Boromir is slain with giant arrows, I we we have all those pivotal moments where that darkness is encroaching, but there's still that heart and that that hope in there. Yeah, they will succeed, and I just didn't feel it in this series.
1: Well, this is that this is that moment we return to the Filoni insights, right? Where it's like the key to making good Star Wars and as we're discovering any story really um, Mm. is that, is that there has to be hope there has, Mm. there has to be jeopardy, real jeopardy. There has to be like real meaningful danger, right? The D is for danger. Um, And (laughs) always, but there always has to be hope. There has to be something to, to hang on to something to which you can cling and, and that you can say, but it's going to be okay. Right? Like we're going to get, and you have to have that trepidation but always that hope, because the hope is what they will violate to make you feel lost, and it's what they will reward to bolster you up. And yeah. if there isn't that hope, as you said, the heart is gone.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. Um. I so I mentioned earlier that I I wrote my review and I sent it to my film buddy, and um I I I do use one word in here that's just a little crass, but it's not a, it's not foul language or anything. Just just heads up, it's going to be a little tongue in cheek. Okay. I wrote to him and I said, every episode, I think there's no way they can piss on this wonderful franchise anymore. But then they find some way to show me that their Mountain Dew of shoddy writing and disrespect for the original source material is actually an endless well. This is (laughs) one of the best produced pieces of garbage I've ever seen. The production money is there and is completely squandered on some ragtag group of writers who think the height of comedy is to take Scooby-Doo dynamics and ratchet up the snark to 11. It's awful. I seriously hate seeing what they've done to this film I genuinely love. To which my film buddy replied, You basically nailed it. They had everything they needed, but they failed to deliver. And... And actually, the, that, the key word in, in that little review that I sent to my buddy, the key word here for, for me that kind of surrounds everything about this that I despise is the word squandered. They yeah. had this beautiful film, this IP that laid the foundation, and they squandered it. They had Willow, who is who is an imperfect character but is beautiful and hopeful, and he gave us joy, and they squandered him. They mm-hmm. gave us Sorsha, who realized the error of her ways, and she became this powerful ally and this queen of Tyr is lean, and they squandered her. they gave us the children of mad Mardigan. i do have some pros about that but they gave us the children of mad martigan and they squandered them they gave us new characters from different lands and squandered them they like they did so much with this series where they had so much potential and then out of sheer laziness or just lack of effort i'm not really sure they just kind of they just kind of threw it away. Um, I mentioned previously that they had that behind-the-scenes teaser with the trailer, and it's like a six-minute video or whatever. Uh, if you have not yet seen the series, go watch this teaser that's on Disney+, Plus, or maybe you can find it on YouTube. And what they do is they have this vignette, this sketch that they do that's pseudo-behind-the-scenes. And it is exactly representative of what the series is, more so than the trailer. Because the sketch is this tropish, campy, ridiculously not funny series of jokes about how these new millennial aged actors don't really know who Warwick Davis is. And uh, even though he's like the veteran actor and he's the reason they have a job. Uh, and, and then they, you know, they go through the whole trope of like, Oh no, I've never seen that. Or, Oh, you know, I'm so young and you're so old or, Oh yeah, I liked you in. And then they, you know, miss, they misplace him in some movie he wasn't in or something like that. Uh, it's, it's, it's a terribly unfunny sketch. And that, that little vignette is actually a fantastic sample of how the series plays out. So for me, the number one, word to sum up why I am so upset at this series and disappointed is that they squandered everything. The brilliant yeah. casting, by the way. The casting had so many good people in it. So many! And they squandered every one of them. Every one of them. This
0: is the thing that is the difficulty right now. Um, That we've seen from Lucas Films, And I'm just going to throw it out there. You know, the captain goes down with his ship. The captain is the one that calls the shots. With the exception of Mandalorian and Book of Boba, which we know Dave Filoni and John Favreau have been spearheading. And that's that's kind of existing outside the Lucasfilm bubble. Uh, You know, however they, and Bad Batch, you know, whatever contract they got, they're able to operate outside that Lucasfilm. Uh, realm everything Lucasfilm has been put that has they have put out just seems to be this is RIP FU that's what it feels like we're gonna do it our way we don't care what how George did it we don't care how you want it to be we're gonna do it our way and just take it up the tailpipe that's what it feels like to me we are the people that made I mean we are who deliver their paychecks, and they should be really paying attention to Hasbro right now because yes. Hasbro made a similar mistake, and they're paying for it. Yes, and I'm going to make this statement right now regarding this Willow series. I would rather watch Andor.
2: <laughs> oh dear,
0: <laughs> you know when
2: when Disney bought Lucasfilm, we all knew this was going to be a cash grab. Right, oh, They are going to put out a whole bunch of material because they want to just milk and milk and milk that cash cow. But because it was Disney, and they've got a track record of doing some pretty good stuff most of the time, I think most of us have the opinion of, if it gives me more quality content, if I've got more entertainment that I can actually enjoy, I'll take my money. Fine. You can go ahead and make your profit. Just entertain me. Right. And I, I think instead there's we've we've talked about how they're pushing a, an agenda. They are, you know, crapping on the source material uh, and they are really not listening to the fans. And I I don't want to go off on a, too much of a tangent here, but it's interesting. I don't know if you guys saw this article. John Favreau, now that it's some time has passed, Uh, did make a comment that uh, Kathleen Kennedy kept trying to get in the way of the book of Boba Fett. Mm -hmm. And he walked in there and said, basically, it was, I quit unless you get her out of my way. And And I think they had the studio, the studio had to step in and and kind of rein her in a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. There were still some things that she'd thrown in there that have her fingerprints all over it, but it was enough to calm him down to satisfy him and he finished the, the series. But man, I, I think this kind of justifies some of the opinions Daniel has about uh, about Ms Kennedy uh, in all of this. And I bring that up because Kathleen Kennedy is a producer on Willow.
0: Yeah, yep. no, and, and that is the truth. And it also has me really worried for the in, in, the upcoming Indiana Jones film because, yeah. again, yep. he's in there. Now, the, the, the thing that really sucks is, you know, yes, she was there with George through all of it, for a good portion of this. But to, for her to be the leader in the spearhead, I think was a wrong choice. I don't think she understands these ips i don't think she understands her audience and she is pushing her own agenda i i honestly feel like that now which is sad you know if you want to push an agenda create new content create new ips amen there is (laughs) nothing wrong with that i i totally you know i i believe that you know these other uh Cultures and ideas should be expressed. Those should be a part of society in that. But don't ruin what is already there where it doesn't exist by force feeding that in. You know, strange worlds. That was a, you know, that Disney film came out. That was something new. And that was in there. I was okay with that. There was no problem with that. But when you force it into something where it doesn't exist and you do it in a way that is so omnipresent, you know, because, you know, yeah, that can exist there. You know, in st- the Star Wars film, you know, they made that possible because, you know, there's the big celebration in the, in the end of the first film and you saw two women kissing. No big deal, in my opinion. All right. It exists. It wasn't force fed. And then that showed up more. OK, great. No problem. That does exist in the world. I don't have a problem with that. But this teen bopper of the week c- CW drama, like you say, where it's just. There, there, there. And it, that detracts from the story. The story is about Willow and Alora Dannon fighting the crone. And it is so underwhelming to try to watch this film because this teen drama is going on and overwhelming the storyline.
2: The, the word you're looking for is gratuitous.
0: Yes. And a lot of
2: times they'll talk about gratuitous nudity, nudity, gratuitous yeah. violence. There are some times when those things are integral to the story. They are part of the yeah. plot. They move it along. When it's got nothing to do with the plot at all, it's gratuitous. Yes. Yeah.
1: Uh, and, and we've talked about this before, too. And I want to make this clear. I think I speak for all the hosts of Dungeon Crawlers when I say inclusivity in and of itself, not a bad thing at all. Right. No, not um, diversity, not a bad thing. Correct. Uh, And and, uh, you know, representation, all those things in and of themselves, not bad things. Correct. The problem that we have with Disney uh, doing what they're doing now is that they've been very open about pushing an uh, agenda of honestly trying to shape perspectives and views. And some people might support that and some people might not. But the problem is that they are disingenuously shoehorning these elements into areas where honestly it doesn't fit or it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like it's part of the world. Um the the way that they handle I mean Matthew kind of brought this up too. This is also true in just the language they used in Willow the series. They they were using certain slang terms and certain phrases that's like that is pop culture. That's 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 social media. That's that's oh a slang word. phrase from the 80s It's not even part of your world. It's yes. not even the, the brownie who comes out wearing a frickin' onesie, yeah, you know, like it's it, it was just so pointless and it here's was the, so
0: disjoint. Here's the other thing that really bugged me, uh, about the series the weird rock music that they put into this. Oh, oh yes. my word, series. Uh, uh, yes, some, song, some of those songs I really like, but it doesn't fit well and even the scene where
1: they're where they're like dancing in the um bone reaver festival they're dancing to crimson and clover and i'm like they don't even have that song and they're using instruments that don't exist now in all
2: fairness the covers of a lot of those songs were actually very interesting they were good creative i might have wanted to listen to them another time but it doesn't fit in this fantasy setting in another world it was jarring
0: I mean it's it, it, yes. right. So it, it's like watching, you know, Hobbit and the Battle of the Five Armies, and suddenly, you know, you hear Guns N' Roses, Welcome to the Jungle start playing. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, that's right.
1: It's it's out of place. It would have been great in a Buffy series or yeah. in some new IP that's contemporary.
2: I can totally get that. But it yes. does not belong in the world of Willow. Correct. Compare that to a Knight's Tale, where all the music they had there was modern music, but you got this medieval setting. How, how but it
1: fit there they they established that as like their thread right like that was yeah. that was their established world they this was not this was um excuse me a um a knight's tale was not a was not an intentional sequel to something like say Excalibur yeah. or yes or, you know, to anything that, say, like, Errol Flynn did, for example, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't a sequel to those things. It was its own standalone story, and it was intentionally a standalone story, and they purposely gave it that MTV spin. I remember watching that movie in theaters and thinking that I had kind of mixed feelings about it, but over the years, I got to be honest, it, it's grown on me, and I actually really like it for what it is, right? Like, it knows what it is.
0: And not only yeah. that, you could tell that it wasn't fully, like, this is going to be a medieval thing, because even their dress style, was yeah. it wasn't that it wasn't the actual the, victorian style they, they established I, a faux history yeah. yes. from the beginning with the opening of you know the queen song we will rock you um it set a precedence of okay this is not going to be your normal you know medieval knight mo- night's tale movie which was fine i enjoyed yeah.
1: it yeah well, um, we, we, well. are, we are running out of time, so I apologize yeah. for cutting you off because I, I could go on and on, and I think you guys could too, about all the things that we really just were disappointed about in the show, but I also hate ending on a sour note. I prefer to end on something positive, and I'll be honest, there were some things about the show that I did enjoy or that fed that part of me that was hopeful from the start, right? Um, Daniel, was there anything in the series that— that you could speak positively about. Something that you actually liked or enjoyed.
0: Yeah, when I shut my TV off and went and watched something else. Oh my
1: gosh! <laughs> <laughs> it's all the end. I don't have to watch it anymore.
0: It, it really was difficult to watch. I can't... I mean, yeah. It, I don't find anything redeeming for me to say, wow, you need to go watch this film. Again, I know this is my, my opinion and, but as a writer watching this, man, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to throw it out there. I'd almost rather go watch Twilight. And Wow. Fight. I was
1: yeah. surprised when you said that you want to watch Andor again compared to know, Willow.
0: But like, it's, so at least with Twilight, I, I don't have any investment with those characters. And, you know, I, I didn't like, I didn't like the books. I didn't like the, the. The seri- the but film. at least it's a consummate
1: world, right? Like it has its boundaries.
0: But it has its boundaries. It has its characters. They all, they all, they have character growth, but those characters are the same all the way across, despite oh the God. challenges. Not once were those characters pissed on, tossed down, you know, a rabbit hole and said, we don't care about you anymore. We're going to throw in a copy. You know, it was true to what it was by its creator. And even the film stayed as close to that as possible. Yeah. Yeah. This series does not do that. And it's so disappointing. You know, I love Warwick Davis. And if anything I can say positively would be despite where this took his character, he still played that character as true as he could. Yeah, I feel like he was definitely a lot like Mark Hamill. It's like, yeah, yep, I, was I, don't the same a, thing. I don't agree with where you're taking this character. But hey, you're paying me and I'm going to do this to the best of my ability. Yeah. Yeah. Matthew,
1: was there
2: anything that you found positive in the show? Yes, there actually were some things that I did like about this. And uh, like Daniel said, Warwick Davis was a star. He was wonderful in this. Uh, I thought that he did bring the character to life. Uh, He still got his chops. He's, you know... He was my favorite part of this, was just seeing him back uh, in the saddle again, so to speak. Uh, I went into this pretty cold. I didn't know a lot of what was going on, except a few rumblings from my dear brother uh, Mm -hmm, of his discontent. mm -hmm. Uh, So I went into this, and I'm watching it, and all of a sudden, Queen Sorsha comes out. And I'm like, that's Sorsha! That's the real actress! And, you know, that kind of stuff just makes me excited. That's the kind of nostalgia they're trying to... uh, to uh, elicit in this. Uh, so yes. loved that part. Didn't necessarily like the way her character had grown. Um, they went back to some of the old sets or not sets, but settings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought, okay, Oh, thank you for reminding me whose castle this was. Thank you for reminding me about the, the knights of whatever. And, uh, so they did, they did a couple of things that were all right. Um, the the fight choreography was pretty good the the but a lot of it was filmed very poorly i i i don't want to get into much more criticism there but they squandered the opportunity to have some exciting uh stunt work there because i think that if you could see it between the smoke or because it was really really dark um if you could have seen it better there was some pretty good stunt work going on there uh good fight choreography and i did Eventually, like the addition of that of the Borman character, yeah, Borman. I thought that he was. I thought that he was pretty all right. Um, But that's about all of the good that I have to say about it. I became
0: bored of Borman because (laughs) he always had the same. It's like it was just the character didn't change, and he was always saying the same kind of things, and it was very predictable. That he was going to be the way he was, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, he was
2: one dimensional. He was very static.
0: Yes.
1: Uh, for me, I, the things that were positive, uh, I realize as I reflect on them, they all have one thing in common, which is the things I loved most about the show are the original elements of Willow. Uh, you have got Warwick Davis. You have I. I I've got to look up her name again. Uh, the The actress who plays Sorsha. I. I want to say one name, but I'm pretty sure it's wrong. Um, so I'm going to look it up just really quickly here, but, but, uh, Queen Sorsha, the actress who plays her is just phenomenal. And I absolutely adore her. I think she's, I think she's excellent. Um, they, Joanne Whaley, Joanne Whaley. Yeah. Joanne w- Wally. I, I, I don't know if it's Whaley, Wally. I'm not sure. But, um, but Joanne, she's I- I- immensely talented and she's phenomenal. Uh, my favorite episode in the whole series was episode four, which is called, uh, Echoes of Knockmar. Mm-hmm. And they returned to Castle Nakmar, which is Bav Morda's castle from the original film. Yep. And they had a they, they had a, recreated or even pulled out of storage or whatever the case may be, a lot of the original set. Um and, you know, they had done a, a pretty faithful job of reproducing these things. But they also had like these echoes, these like wisps of um what happened when Alora Dannon was born and you know, uh, Bev Morda giving the order to kill the mother and claiming that the child is the one and all that stuff. Right. Uh, and they even had like general kale appear. Basically they took elements of the original film and they inserted them into the episode. And while it became a point of criticism that the best part of that episode were all the original parts from the original movie, like the only good things about that episode were the original movie. Um, The truth is the parts that they grabbed from the movie and put into this series, every one of those pieces, I loved seeing again, at least initially, right? Like to your point, the nostalgia factor was high, but it wasn't just the nostalgia. It was the fact that they actually – like those were the glimmers of hope that they gave me going back to the hope concept that the show might actually pull something out. Um, It ended up being that those were the only things I liked about the show and all they were doing was rehashing what already existed yeah. but but that said um they they did i think with one major exception they did a pretty cool job of reincorporating the original elements i think the one exception to that is the way they handled trolls as a society um compared to what we saw in the movie uh they, it was it was it was just distastefully comedic um, and it was terrible, but all the other elements that appeared that were from the original film, those were kind of wonderful and
0: special. You see, that's where, you know, as troll, we can leave trolls as trolls that they're creepy and disgusting monsters that we, you know, that are unsavory. We can leave it that way. We don't have to try to make them funny and silly or make them into a society. Duh. Anyways, I don't know if you noticed, but as they were leaving uh, the castle, mm-hmm. when they were on their horses, the the skull, the general skull mask, uh, in on the ground still. Yep. So I mean, those those little things were nice, but the problem was, it's like okay, we're not getting everyone. Let's pepper a little bit in here, and then you see those, like oh, well maybe there's hope, but then yeah. the hope doesn't blossom. yeah Yeah. the quality of this
1: show the quality of this show is much like if you've ever swam in like a lake or an open body of natural water and you will find that there are like these weird just sort of like natural pockets of like you'll have like warm water lukewarm water cold water that's just like the sun warmed this up and then the currents changed or whatever right and it Mm -hmm. ends up being like this neapolitan marbling of temperature in the water and uh It's kind of like that. This show, the writing, the crafting, the production was very much like that. This Neapolitan marbling of quality where you have some elements that are extremely high quality, some that were kind of okay and passable but not great, and some that were just absolutely chintzy and cheap. And they were all kind of swirled and marbled together. And it leaves you wondering, like, who was really at the helm of this thing? Or was this another show by committee where – quote-unquote every voice was heard and no one filtered it down to just the best stuff well folks we have expressed our opinions uh pretty loudly and for a long time and we appreciate your patience and you hearing us out now of course our opinions are not the only opinions that are out there and perhaps Perhaps your opinions are very different than ours, and we want to hear those. We want to have that conversation. So, Daniel, where can people go to share their opinions, their voice, and be heard?
0: Well, I mean, easily. You can search on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, On Twitter, we're DCR underscore show. Otherwise, it's, you know, Denver Crawlers Radio. Um, You can find us in those places. You can also uh, find us on YouTube. Or you can email us at info@dungeoncrawlersradio.com. At Send us your thoughts, your likes. There are several people out there that do do that. Um, oh, what is his name? Something Bird. I, I can't remember his first name off the top of my head. That is constantly sending us comments and remarks uh, into the oh, dungeon. Uh,
1: not Brett Bird, is it? Yeah,
0: Brett Bird. That's that's it.
1: Oh my gosh, he's the best. He's one yeah. of our he's one of our fellow crawlers, and he is so on top of it. Thank you, Brett, yes. for doing all that you do.
0: Yes. So we love hearing stuff like that. Also, one other thing, um, you know, Krebs and I were talking and we remembered, so we were at, uh, Salt Lake Fan X, uh, back in September. Uh, we did a live show from there and one of our, uh, one of our listeners, one of our fans approached oh, the, yeah. us as a team and had us sign the brace of her Mandalorian costume. Uh, and, Sadly, we we realized that we forgot to get her name. Uh, we would love it if you'd reach out to us. Send a, send us a hello uh, at, in, info at Uh, because we definitely appreciated you coming up to us and talking to us, and we feel bad that we didn't get your name and say thank you uh after releasing that that episode
1: yeah I want to I want to issue a personal apology what happened was that like she was she was cosplaying Bo-Katan and she looked fantastic yes she did she came up and she asked us for our autograph and I'll be honest with you I was so dumbstruck because that was the first time anyone it's actually the only time anyone has asked for my autograph because I co-host DCR and um I was kind of just dumbfounded and I totally forgot to ask her her name and i feel like a raging jerk for not like paying the proper respect to a fan who showed us such love and support i'm sorry i can do better thank (laughs) you so much for supporting the show and we think you're amazing please tell us what your name is and we will thank you again with your name
0: on the air well not only that we were also getting pushed out uh, of the the panel room and uh, it was a little chaotic because other people were coming in and stuff like that. So we do apologize, but we love Absolutely. our fans. We love being approached. We love people recognizing us. Uh, so, you know, please, please do so. And if there is a topic that you want to hear about it, you want to hear our opinion or you want us to chat about it, or, you know, maybe, you know, if someone is passionate enough about a certain topic, we'll bring them on the show to speak with us. And
2: for my part, I hope that you truly, Willow, share our podcast with oh, your friends. Oh, So many bad
1: things have happened to that movie in this year. <laughs> you didn't need to heap it on. I
2: figure I couldn't make it worse. You trying to score brownie points? <laughs> <laughs> oh!
0: At least he didn't crawl it along. Oh, dungeon crawlers. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So... Uh, with that said, folks, we do need to wrap this show up. Um, we, sadly, all of us are on the same side of the fence uh, on this one. There, there wasn't a division. Uh, it's always fun when there's division. Is as, as much as you think. Uh, you know, we we want to duke it out. It's it actually is fun when there is a fight. If you haven't heard one of our uh, rad dome episodes, it's always good. when oh, we're so good verbally debating and duking it out because it gets the, it gets you thinking even this, you know, even though we're negative on this show doesn't mean it's horrible. If you do like it, that's great. Love it. Enjoy it. And and it's probably because you haven't seen the film or you don't have the tie and the connection that we do. And that's okay. Just like there are people out there that love the prequels uh, of star Wars. There are people that love star Trek. And that's okay. I won't say anything more on that. No, just kidding. (laughs) Um, We will be doing a Star Trek episode and a Doctor Who episode because those have been requested. Yes. But the great thing is, and this is the one thing that I think everyone needs to realize, geek culture doesn't mean you have to be toxic and one-sided. If someone's opinion is not the same as yours, that's okay. That doesn't mean they're wrong. That doesn't mean you're wrong. It doesn't mean either of you are right. You just have your opinion and that's okay. I think we need to get back to that because we've kind of gone into this toxic place of if you don't agree with me, you're wrong. I hate you. The world should go away. So let's change that. Let's change that starting here. And remember, it's okay to like something different from someone else. That's right. So, With that said, I'm going to choose the high ground and we'll catch you next time.
2: And in line
0: with that, please always let your geek flag fly.
2: So say we all. And whether your opinion of the Willow Series matches
1: ours or you are actually excited that the stinger at the end hints at two more seasons of this thing, always remember to be epic and don't suck. Remember force will be with you always. <laughs>